Tonight in Donald Trump's civil fraud trial in New York, the former president already appearing to defy the gag order that was just reinstated by a state appeals court. Our senior justice correspondent Evan Perez is joining us right now. Evan, the court just weighed in on those uh, Trump social media posts attacking the judge's family. That's right, Wolf. And like a lot of things on the Internet, it, it appears these social media postings that the former president and some of his allies have been obsessed with are just not hers. They're not real. Uh, and so that's one of the things that the judge, the, the, the court administrator's uh, office has said. They said that uh, Judge Engeron's wife has sent no social medias re re media postings regarding the former president. Uh, they are not hers. And so, of course, well, uh, as you can see from some of these messages that are on there, this is stuff that, that the former president has been obsessed with for some days, uh, lashing out against the judge's wife, saying that uh, she and the clerk who works with the judge uh, are biased against him and have been posting things online against him. Of course, uh, according to the court, this is not at all related to the judge's wife, so it appears the former president is lashing out for no reason. And, and I understand that the judge also gave an update today on the timing for a decision. Right. This is a trial now that's been going on for nine weeks, Wolf, and it, it appears the judge uh, says that uh, we, we're going to see something in January. The end of January is when he expects to release his written opinion uh, at the end of this civil fraud trial. We expect that uh, some of the, 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 the closing arguments will start happening in the next few weeks, and all of this is going to take several more weeks for it to wrap up, Wolf. Evan Perez uh, updating us on all the legal issues. Thank you Thanks. very, very much. Uh, meanwhile, former President Trump is causing growing alarm inside the Republican Party right now after vowing to repeal Obamacare despite failing to do so while he was president in the White House. CNN's Kristen Holmes has some new reporting for us. Kristen, uh, even members of Trump's team were surprised by this renewed focus. Update our viewers. That's right, Wolf. They've had a number of conversations with Donald Trump about what policy would look like if he were to be reelected to the White House, and none of those conversations centered around health care. Even his in-house policy team, which has drafted policy proposals, again, for if he was to reclaim the White House, on immigration, on overhauling the federal government, they hadn't even drafted anything when it comes to health care. Now, as you mentioned, on top of that, Republicans, even many Trump allies, are still scarred by what happened in 2017, when Trump was unable to fulfill a core campaign promise of repealing and replacing Obamacare, even though he had a complete GOP monopoly of power in Washington. Now, I want to read to you what one operative told me, and this is someone who is Trump-aligned. They said, healthcare was a loser in 2018, and it's a loser now. Talk about the border. Talk about the economy. Talk about no more foreign wars. Don't talk about healthcare. Now, there's probably one clear reason for that, and Trump's renewed interest has really given new ammo to Democrats. The Biden campaign has seized on his threats. They have put out surrogates. They actually put out an ad today attacking Trump on health care. So it'll be interesting to see what the next steps here, if we will actually get a policy proposal on what it would look like to repeal and replace Obamacare. I will remind you, this is something that Trump promised but that, even back in 2020, he left office without ever delivering an actual plan that would replace Obamacare. Yeah, good point. Uh, Kristen Holmes reporting for us. Thank you very much. I want to get some more now from CNN political analyst Maggie Haberman. She's a senior political correspondent over at The New York Times. Maggie, thanks for joining us. I want to get to Kristen's reporting in a minute, but let me start with Trump's various legal problems. Minutes after that gag order was reinstated, as you know, Trump attacked the judge's wife on his tr truth social 
site. Uh, what, what do you see as the significance of this? Look, I, I, if the timing is as you say it is, and I have not seen the, uh, the timing of the specific post, although I think I know which one you're talking about, the significance would be if it was intentional that he is trying to test the bounds of what the judge said he is going to do with this gag order now that it's back in place, which is uh, impose it rigorously. Now, the judge had already fined Trump once before. Trump backed off a bit after that. Once the gag was stayed while this was pending appeal, Trump went right back to attacking, and he has been saying things about the judge's family, the judge's wife, that the Office of court administration says flatly are just not true. Now, Trump seems, as we have seen him do many times over, uh, determined to try to test the boundaries of what he can get away with. Uh, he clearly wants to and also thinks this is helping him politically. It's not going to help him legally. This is the judge who is overseeing this case. There is no jury trial because of decisions the Trump team made. And, and it's hard to see how this is good for Trump's cause, but it, I think, makes him feel better. Judge Engerin said today he's aiming to issue his ruling by the end of January. And that means, of course, that we'll learn about his decision as voters are going to the polls in the early primary states. What sort of impact do you think that could have? I think it depends. I think mostly, Wolf, considering that, yes, there are six outstanding counts that the judge has to rule on. The judge has already issued a partial summary judgment saying that there was widespread fraud uh, conducted by Trump and his company. So I don't think that this changes much in terms of the actual outcome. What does matter is the penalty phase, and the judge is going to set that. And that could have uh, some kind of effect on Trump, at minimum psychological, in terms of how he moves forward. He is pretty effective at compartmentalizing. I'm not sh so sure how good he would be at that. Uh, his business is under serious threat right now. Now, will voters care about that? I don't know, but he certainly will. He certainly will. Uh, in the Trump classified documents case, Maggie, you've reported that a second Trump attorney has now told the special counsel, Jack Smith, they also warned Trump that not complying with a subpoena for the classified materials would be a crime. How big of a deal is this? Look, it, it's significant in, in the sense that this could speak to uh, Trump's state of mind. It could speak to consciousness of guilt. Uh, ABC was the first to report this. We confirmed the reporting with, with some additional material. Uh, the, the reality is that several people, several lawyers in Trump's orbit, uh, but including these two, Evan Corcoran and Jennifer Little, warned him that you had to comply with a subpoena. He was, you know, seeking opinions from a number of people. Uh, he, as he often does, tries to look for someone who is going to tell him what he wants to hear. Everyone he spoke to, at least from that group, said you must comply. And we know what happened after that. Trump surprised many with his post on his social media account, as you know, saying Republicans should, quote, never give up on trying to terminate Obamacare. President Biden and Democrats immediately seized on his comments. What are you hearing about the reaction in Trump's orbit to all of this? So, as you say, many were surprised that, as Kristen noted, included Trump's own advisors. This, there are, there are, Tr Trump has generally been more focused as a candidate than we have seen in the past. Uh, four indictments probably have the effect of focusing the mind. Uh, but he still does things that are potentially self-destructive. Attacking the governor of Iowa was one. This was another. There is not a plan internally in Trump world to re repeal Obamacare and certainly not to replace it. Now, is it possible that they will come up with one in the coming weeks? Yes, it is. But this is not, as Kristen said, something that Republicans, at, at least you know, at a higher level among electeds, want to be running on. It was Trump's biggest policy failure in 2017, and he has never quite figured out why. I don't see what would change right now.
Important. Uh, and Maggie, I, I know we've all seen Nikki Haley gain some momentum in the GOP primary race, but Trump hasn't gone after her the same way he has gone after Ron DeSantis. Does he see her as a threat, and do you expect that to change? I think that he really hates Ron DeSantis. I don't think he really hates Nikki Haley the same way. I also think that his team sees uh, leaving Nikki Haley where she is and inflating her to some extent as helpful in keeping Ron DeSantis down. Now, what does that ultimately end up looking like when uh, Iowa voters go to caucus on January 15th? I don't know. You know, these things can take on a life of their own. Uh, I, I don't think that you are going to see him really attack her unless she starts gaining more ground. Well, if she gets above, you know, 25 in a, in a survey. And if he does start attacking her, I think that'll be very telling. Maggie Haberman, we always appreciate having you here in the Situation Room. Thanks very, very much.